Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Next, we're meeting a former dairy farmer who has some sage words for those thinking of hanging up their milking cups for good. He's gone from the milking shed to designing and building chicken trailers, running regenerative farming workshops and a small herd of beef cattle. He had time for a chat with producer Sally Round. We're in uh, outskirts of Palmerston North, uh, halfway between Fielding and Palmerston North. Uh, Our little property here, 20 acres, and moved here about two and a half years ago. And you were on a dairy farm. Yeah, I'd been dairy farming for 20 years. We were up at Table Flat Road, Appity. Lovely environment, challenging environment, and uh, yeah, came with its issues. And uh, uh, weather-related challenges up there were were fairly intense. Yeah, that uh, we had. You know, you could have snow and lots of bleak, bleak grey days. But uh, on the on on the whole, it was a yeah lovely environment to raise a young family and to have a wonderful community environment up there but yeah just felt like I needed a change and wanted a change for the family and so um, we started looking around for something else and didn't quite find what I was looking for so we ended up here and at the moment it's easier to stay here than find something else. (laughs) And you can probably hear in the background the chickens, Uh, that is why you're here. Yes, that's one reason why we're here, yes, yeah. Tell us about this uh, machine that we can so, see in the paddock. Yeah, for sure. So uh, about five years ago, a friend of mine, Dennis, and I decided that, uh, well, part of our regenerative agricultural philosophy is to incorporate uh, other forms of livestock into our farming operations. And so Dennis and I saw an opportunity to bring in the... Uh, the mobile chicken trailers which um, stem from the lunatic farmer which is Joel Sellerton, an American uh, farmer who added uh, many forms of diversity to his farming operation and so he came up with the uh, the mobile chicken caravan or chicken trailer or chicken coop so um, and so this is yeah we decided it was a great idea and thought well let's bring them into New Zealand so and describe the concept of this mobile so, chicken coop for sure so the concept of these is uh, in our case we've got laying hens so they are pastured laying hens um, and the idea is to move them round onto a fresh pasture on a on a regular basis, and so they're outside, they're, they're scavenging for bugs and picking up the worms and dethatching the soil and and fertilising the soil too. So um, that that's the whole concept. It's about getting as close to nature with these birds as we can. So they hop up inside there, they lay their eggs inside the rollaway nesting boxes. They do that in the morning and then they hop out and away they go and they're outside for the rest of the day just having a great time enjoying the enjoying the weather and enjoying what they can pick out of the soil. And uh, yeah, we move them around on a daily basis. So not just good for the chickens, but good for the soil. Yeah, great for the soil too. So yeah. Uh, has there been any science done around that? 
There has been. I probably can't think of anything off the top of my head, but yeah, they're putting yeah, the potassium nitrogen back in the soil. Um, and the first year I could definitely see where the chicken trailer was parked at night, you know, there'd be a, a nice green patch about three weeks later. I guess as I'm building the soil facility of this property that we're no longer seeing those uh, defined sort of square patches, you know, from dropping their, their poop at night. So yeah, it's um, certainly... Um, creating a great great soil environment and adding their biology back to the soil and the hens are doing a great job part of that process. Can we get a bit closer? Yeah, sure thing. I'll go around and turn that fence off so we can hop over there. Over at the chicken campsite in the paddock, Lance explains how he'd struck some challenges importing the trailers. So he's now building kiwi versions better suited to local conditions. Are taking the design of several round, well, around the world really, by the time you do a bit of Googling and you see what different people are doing, um, taking different concepts and adding my own Kiwi flair to it and making a New Zealand version of what we've got. So uh, so what are some of the changes you'll be making? Um, they won't be quite such a, quite a square shell which seems to attract the wind and these big doors are designed for the Australian sort of harsher, probably hotter conditions. We'll probably only have half a door and that way it's less, uh, less issue for wind and they'll look more like an American kind of a wagon I think with a rolled roof and uh, yeah, a few different features around that. So it is like a little caravan with Sorry, chicken. <laughs> uh, it's got sort of pop-up sides. Yes, yeah, so um, these are about as automated as we can make these things. They've got a solar panel on the roof and a battery that stores the energy and these doors can open and close uh, automatically or to a timer and the nest boxes are a roll-away nest box and they've got a electric door so they open and close so the birds aren't sleeping inside the nest boxes at night so the nest boxes open about 4am in the morning close about 4pm in the afternoon where are the nest boxes uh, so here's the nest boxes here oh. and they like a bit of privacy so the old chicken hops up in there and walks it's through in there a bit of a flap there in front yeah yeah and they just hop in there and perch in there and lay their egg on that mat there, and then the eggs roll away to the uh, onto the egg belt in the centre here. And there so, are some eggs. Yeah. So the, the beauty of the roll away nest boxes is the eggs stay clean. You know, there's once the this van can take 130 chickens. They can pop outside into a movable netted enclosure to scratch around in the grass. So at the moment, yeah, they are inside a 50 metre netting, roll of netting, and I just set that up into a into a circle around it and pull it forward and move the netting every other day. Um, if I had the 430 in here, well, I'd be moving it forward every day to a new break. So Now, there is one hungry chicken pecking my, the yeah, back of yeah, my they, car. Uh, they'll quite happily come along and peck your feet all day. So. <laughs> what else do you give them to eat? Uh, they, get, they, get, they get a grain, so they get a poultry pellet uh, in the feeder here. Because I've only got 30 hens, I'm running a grandpa feeder. And, um, but I do, I do have other bigger feeders for for bigger flocks of hens. And they're actually eating the grass as well? Yeah, they, they more peck at it and, and you know play with it than probably eat it, but yeah, there's certainly a little bit of eating going on. But, uh, but yeah, they're re- after the bugs in the yeah, soil. Yeah, really after the bugs in the soil. The ban on battery-caged hens, which came into effect at the end of 2022, was good for business. Inquiries went through the roof from January this year through to about April. That was due to the cage restrictions coming into play and people were looking at options and I guess the egg shortage you know, uh, created, uh, certainly created an opportunity. It certainly took a lot of inquiries, a lot of people sort of thought about it and you know, gave it some thought and some took it on. 
and uh, many have sort of you know parked it or and yeah, people are still coming back to me six months later saying hey yeah, I'm ready to do something now now that I've sort of got my numbers and got my head around the concept or I've got labour sorted or whatever it might be are many of them farmers who want to uh, improve their own soils or is it really people who want to get into the ag business? There's, there's some of that. The farmers wanting to improve their own soil health but majority of them are people looking at it as, a, as an egg business, you know, to offer the consumer a, a pasture-raised egg. Um, you know, as we're all aware, you know, people are wanting to see and know where their food's growing these days and the egg's no different than, than anything else. So, um, you know, and there are people that are looking at it as an investment opportunity. Hey, I can buy a chicken trailer and I can, you know, have 500 hens and I can go and see my neighbour down the road and say, hey, you know, can we do a joint venture together? You know, can I bring my chickens and my trailer onto your farm and work with you and come up with some kind of arrangement? So there's, there's certainly some of that happening too. Um, a local one that I'm building at the moment, it's going into a community garden and they're using it to, um, I guess, add eggs to their, their, their community produce that they're, um, that they're marketing and selling to their community members. So. How much does one of these cost? This is about $16,000. Um, so they're not cheap. They're not cheap, but I guess the bigger you go, the uh, cheaper they become per bird and the payback's a lot quicker. You know, I've got a customer that bought a 450 bird model last year and he reckons he'd pay that capital investment back in 40 weeks. So depends on your market and your location and uh, how keen you are to be out there selling and who you're selling to. So The trailers all stem from Lance's interest in regenerative agriculture, especially practices around improving the soil. Yeah, probably about 12, 14 years ago, I got uh, interested in the regenerative agriculture and um, started sort of looking at that and thinking, you know, this could be part of my business operation and wanted to do something different. And I guess for me, because I never had uh, a father that was farming with me, I'd never had that sort of, um, you know, this is how we do it kind of uh, scenario. So I was sort of free to sort of run my own dairy farm the way I chose to and yeah, looking at alternatives and reducing our fertiliser inputs was the beginning of my my road to regenerative agriculture and you know, the last five years I, you know, I wanted to be involved and you know, make, it, make people more aware of you know, what else is out there and other ways of farming and other ways of reducing their fertiliser inputs so yeah, got involved with uh, promoting it in, in our region and then um, yeah, about three years ago we started the Manitou Regenerative Ag Group so I facilitate that and uh, we try and get together, you know, it was monthly, it's sort of, we're scaling that back a little bit as we all get busier, but uh, yeah, try and facilitate opportunities for farmers to get together and share stories and, you know, share how they're doing things and learn from one another really and try to create a real community around learning together. There is a sense though that New Zealand is already doing regen agriculture and has been doing so for a while now. It's a bit of a buzzword. Yeah, for sure, it is, and um, you know, I totally agree with that statement and for what people think of it. Um, you know, me, regenerative agriculture, it's about looking after soil, it's about you know, creating soil biology and creating the right soil environment for, for plants to thrive and livestock. You know, if you, if you look at the, um, the concept, you know, healthy soil equals healthy livestock equals healthy plants equals healthy humans, I think we sort of haven't got that full concept uh, in our minds yet, so yeah, at the end of the day it's all about um, you know, looking after soil and ultimately looking after us and you know, how we do that is, uh, yeah, there's many, many ways in the regenerative model to, to do that and uh, yeah, I'm certainly excited to be part of that. With the workshops you're running, what are you seeing among um, farmer knowledge and farmer engagement with this style of farming? 
Yes, there, there's certainly a lot of interest out there and um, it's, it's easier to do a lot of these practices or try a lot of these things more on the flatlands and um, the, the guys that are probably struggling with it more are the, the hill country guys. Um, you know, they can't pull a tractor up and over their hills so you know, we've got to sort of work with them uh, differently. One size doesn't fit all, every farm's different. You know, mob stocking and, and resting paddocks and you know, longer grazing rounds, you know, they are things that are yeah, easier on probably a beef operation but certainly a bit harder in a dairy and probably hill country sheep guys. So you've got to be sort of flexible and adaptable to, to offer different solutions and work with them on you know, what can work for them. And harder on the pocket? perhaps? Uh, some of it could be, yeah. It depends on how, how hard and fast you want to go at changing changing things. I mean, uh, yeah, I was dairy farming up there where we were and yeah, working with the nitrogen caps, it never fazed me. You know, If it was a nitrogen cap up there at 190 kilos or whatever it is that's coming into play now in play, that, that wouldn't have fazed me at all. I was sort of 30 kilos to hectare of end per season. So, and uh, you know, we were achieving you know, good grass growth and, and good results from that. Some of those restrictions wouldn't have fazed me at all if I was still dairy farming today. So the farmers that are coming to you, are they a new generation of farmer or are they guys that have been doing it for a while? It's definitely a mix of both. You know, the other week I met, uh, met two brothers and you know, they'd be in their 60s and they're you know, really keen to be looking at options and opportunities and, and ways to reduce their inputs and ways to... I guess enhance their soils and you know, leave leave it in a better place for the next generation. And then there's the younger ones too. So um, it's certainly a mix right across the board that who's who's coming out of the woodwork to to learn. And you know the, there's such curiosity out there on on uh, different different techniques. And yeah, really, it's really exciting to be sort of part of it. What do you want to see in policy, perhaps going forward, that would help farmers get into this area? Um, I guess, oh, that's a good question. I hadn't really given that one much thought. Um, I guess I just want to see farmers be able to, you know, explore and experiment and, and do things, you know, their way rather than sort of being forced down uh, from policy from above. Um, there's certainly, you know, uh, many of us are, are, are driving change from, from the ground or from the grassroots up and, and that's sort of coming through and it'd just be nice if, uh, you know, the powers to be would sort of, you know, take more notice of what, what the farmers are actually doing and sort of you know come asking us well what's what's working for you guys and you know how are you doing that and and uh yeah certainly creating a, a reconnect i suppose after there's certainly been a disconnect for many years with the chickens settling in the shade of the caravan i asked lance how he's found it moving on from the daily chores of dairy farming it's certainly been a, a i guess a mental challenge for me over the years to uh, work out who I am now um, and what I have become. You know, I was dairy farming for 20 years and, you know, we milked 380 cows and, you know, we had this and we had that. To not following through with what I thought I wanted as my next farming operation and my next farming venture. You know, the idea was to find a 100 hectare dry stop block somewhere or something like that and, and run that in conjunction with the chickens and, and that sort of thing. And that never came up. Well, that block we didn't didn't get and so we had to settle for something smaller and that really created a frustration or a disappointment for me that I hadn't achieved what I wanted to achieve or what I thought I wanted to achieve and I really struggled with that for probably the last year or year and a half after moving off the farm you know I'd lost my identity of who I was I was no longer you know Lance the dairy farmer I was somebody else 
but most of that, well, probably all of it, was the the you know the six inches between my ears that was sort of uh, talking to me in my head, and it's taken me a long time to sort of um, you know realise that I'm still Lance and I'm still doing what I do, I'm still farming, I'm just doing it differently, but. Yeah, you know, getting involved. You know, my wife Catherine, she's a mental health coach and facilitator, so she certainly, uh, you know, has some tricks up her sleeve to, to pass on to me. My daughter's a Pilates instructor, a former teacher, and uh, runs, you know, runs workshops at personal at her studios. And now, you know, we're, there's two classes running running a week for for blokes. It's called Bro Lattes, you know. So to be part of, you know, guys having a laugh with each other and. And uh, you know, doing a bit of exercise at the same time, that's certainly been great. It's, it's an off-farm interest and it gets, gets us out there. Um, so that's certainly been, um, yeah, been great for the, for the mind and the body. Are you seeing quite a bit of challenges out there among the farmers that you meet? Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of challenge out there. You, know, you know, the farming can be a lonely gig. You know, some guys are doing it, they might be doing it with their dad, but their dad might be a grumpy old fart and he may not be so, uh, you know, so OK or open to change and that sort of thing. So it's struggling for the next generation coming through. And, you know, how do those guys sort of work with their, their families on farm? Um, and then there's the younger ones that, you know, are really struggling with, oh, this ain't an easy gig anymore. Or, I mean, it's never been easy, but particularly hard at the moment. Um, you know, so there's certainly a need to be supporting guys out there. I know there's the, the surfing for farmers and there's the, the mountain biking for farmers thing. So that's that's really awesome. Certainly need to be connecting with people in our communities and, and meeting different people. And that's, that's certainly what I enjoy. Lance Gillespie outside his chicken trailer on the outskirts of Palmerston North. There's a video and photos of the movable chicken home on our webpage.